right, all right. So we're going to we're going to get we're going to get started with our last session, and um, I hope um, from Sunday until now. Um, you have been uh, challenged, encouraged, inspired, equipped uh, to um, to continue uh, your your journey your journey with Jesus. Uh, for those who are you're still checking Jesus out and wondering if you know if um, if he's real or not, I just say keep pressing in, keep asking questions. Um, there's no judgment here, there's no condemnation here. But man, we just we want you to know Jesus and know Him um, as as um, as Lord, as Savior, as friend. And um, if you are here and you were you kind of kind of fallen off a little bit, or kind of you not been in church, not been around believers or Christians in a while because you're you were either you know kind of just the church left a bitter taste in your mouth. Uh, we hope that um, this has been um, refreshing for you, that Christians can um, love Jesus, have fun, and still be normal, all right? I just want you to know that Christians can be normal. And uh, for those of you who, um, you know, you have a passionate relationship with Jesus, we hope that um, this time together has driven you um, a little bit deeper in your, your walk with him. On Sunday, we attempted to say that fear and faith cannot coexist in the same heart. And so uh, what does it look like to have this, this, undying, this undying faith in, in God as we go through a very, very uh, fearful, fearful time? And so we said, fix our attention on uh, the right thing. And the right thing is not really a thing, it's a person and that's Jesus. And then we said, ask God for help. And when we ask God for help, he's promised to embolden our souls in the midst of all that we're going through. Invite others to walk with you on your journey of fear, and then trust God. That sounds trite, but trust God. When I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. And then finally, help others. Help others to walk along their, uh, in their journey. And then uh, over the, um, on Monday, we had two sessions together. We just said, how do you have an unshakable faith in a very, very shakable world? The Sunday and the Monday were kind of connected in a sense that we said, hey, kneel in the mire, kneel right where you are, the messiness of life, the messiness of this world in which we live. That's what Jeremiah did, kneel in the mire. And then the, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they walked in the fire. So walk in the fire. Get, get, your, get your spiritual Fitbit steps in, walking in the fire. Why? Because God, um, God's Son is present with us. Just like the fourth person, a theophany, the, the, the presence of Christ in the Old Testament was in the fire with the three Hebrew boys. And we have the full assurance that while we're walking in and through the fire, we have a Savior who's walking with us as well. Then we said singing stocks. Um, uh, Paul and Silas, that's exactly what they did. They were singing. Our first, the first uh, indication in the New Testament where a song gets people through the night, they sang their prayers to God. 
And as they did, the, the, the entire prison was shaken. And I believe God wants to shake up something in our lives so that people might look at us. Remember, when they were singing, people were listening. And people are listening to your life. They're watching, to your, watching your life. And so as you go through your own prison situation, people want to know, can this Jesus, is this Jesus really, really real? And then sleep in handcuffs. That We told you that wasn't any kind of kinkiness, but that's um, uh, Peter was sleeping in handcuffs. He was on his way to be executed, and he is fast asleep. And his sleep was a matter of trust. And so as you... Um, and again, we said that, that since God neither slumbers nor sleeps, there's no sense in both of us staying up all night. So get some rest. Let God take care of what, um, he, has, uh, what he has in store for your life. And, um, and then just heard so many good responses from this past, uh, this, this, uh, this afternoon, this morning, this afternoon. Try to give you a tool for questions that can help you gain clarity and discernment in situations that you might be in. What's right? What are we doing that's right? Let's enhance it and let's add more to it. What is it that we're doing wrong? We say, let's stop that because if we don't stop doing it, it's not going to help us make appreciable progress in the problem. And then we said, what are the, the, four, the third question is, what's missing? Is there something that's missing that we're not seeing? that we, uh, we need to add uh, to uh, what we're doing in this, this particular situation. And then lastly, what's confused? And those things that are confused, we want to gain clarity. We said we don't gain clarity. We don't come to clarity alone. Don't come to clarity alone. We need community by which to come um, to, to clarity. All right. So that's kind of what we did, what we, what we, where we are up until now. So I want to give you another tool. I can, I can stand up here and give you like, like here's the rah, 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 inspirational talk. That's great. But I want to, my job is to equip people for the work of ministry. My job is to equip you so that you can enjoy God once you go back home or once you're on your job or once you go through whatever you're going through. And so I want to give you another tool tonight that can make us aware of God's presence in the flow of our day. So sometimes we get so busy, I know I do, I get so busy, I get, I'm rushing from one thing to another, and then when I get home, I'm dead tired, and then I fall asleep, and I wake up, and I do it all over again the next day. And then before long, I'm at the end of the week, and you say and I say, where did this week go? And we wonder if God is even real because we don't see him in our day. We don't see him in the natural flow of our day. And yet we said earlier, I'm going to mention it again, we said earlier that God is waiting to be found. He is present all the time. It's just a matter of us having our eyes open to be able to see him. So let me ask a question. How many of you have ever played or your kids even play to this day, I spy? Because you play, okay, you, you've played it, your kids played it. You know, I spy with my little eye something red or orange and like you have on an orange blouse. So I, that's, I, I, I said that. So, so 
I spy with my little eye. And then you, you, you kind of have something in mind. And then your kid or your child, or even, even if you are still an adult, you say, um, you, you try to guess at what um, that, that person had in mind. You say, oh, that's a kid's game. And, and, and why should we play kids' games? Well, I am, uh, I am of the mind and I am so convinced that just because we get older, we shouldn't stop playing games. We should not stop playing uh, the game I spy. Instead of I spy something orange or something red or something blue, how about playing the game I spy God? I spy God. So as mentioned earlier that God is waiting to be found. He is not some, someone who is saying, I'm, I'm not going to let you find me. He is saying, I come near to those who call upon me. And so there's this spiritual practice. It's probably one of my favorite spiritual practices over this last these last couple of years, and it's called the examine. And the examine is all about, uh, well, before we get to the definition, opportunities to see God, God's activity in the flow of my day are all around us. All around us. And this is what makes God real. When you have a treasure trove of, or a journal filled with, maybe not necessarily big things, but you spied out God in the course and flow of your day. And so you're not saying 30 years ago I saw him, 20 years ago I saw him. You're saying just 24 hours ago, God showed up in my life and I saw his activity, and I believe just as my name is Marvin Williams, that God is real today in 2020. See, part of the, part of the, the frustration that we have as Christians and even unbelievers have with Christians is there is a dearth of recognition of God's activity in our lives. So if someone asks us, so when was the last time God moved in your life? When was the last time you recognized the activity of God in your life? Most people that I know, they say, well, 30 years ago, I had this encounter, this experience. Five weeks ago, I had this encounter and this experience, and I believe that God wants, to wants, us, wants us to encounter him on a daily basis. Now, every situation is not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Some will be dramatic moments and, uh, where God shows up, and others will be just real tender moments but it will be a recognition that God actually showed up. So, um, and, and I'll, I'll give you this one because this is a little bit more, this, this is a little bit more tender and dramatic, um, ten, both tender and dramatic. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I went to a men's retreat. 
And I went as Marvin the person and not Marvin the pastor. And, uh, and there are moments where you wonder if God sees you. There are moments where you wonder, does God know my address? Does he know what I'm going through? Does God know the pain that I'm going through? Does he know anything about me? I mean, we get to the point where we know intellectually that God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. But practically, we wonder, I hope I'm not the only one, where we wonder if God really knows me. All right, so, so we're at this retreat in Colorado. And uh, one of the things that the leaders do, they before they come to the re, uh, to, before they come to the retreat, they pray and and um, they pray about what gifts to bring because as the, as the Spirit of God gives them the idea for gifts to bring to the ranch, not knowing anybody who's going to be at the ranch, they. They, they're praying and so, Spirit of God, open my eyes, open my heart, so that when you speak, I'll be able to give the gift to the right person. And, and some of the stories are like, how did you know that about me? The kinds of gifts that they brought. So we're, we're Saturday morning, Saturday morning, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm engaged and, um, and I'm just simply Marvin, the person, not Marvin, the pastor, but I'm wondering in my heart, God, do you see me not as the pastor, but as just Marvin, the kid from Chicago, Illinois, without a title? So this one guy who's one of the leaders, because when they, before you give the gift, say, hey, I, they stand up and say, I have a gift. So this guy stands up and he says, I have a gift. And he comes, and he comes uh, in my presence, and he gives me a $2 bill. Like, 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 why are you giving me a $2, like, you know, $2 bill? That's, he gives me a $2 bill. And so, so it wasn't 5 it wasn't 10 it wasn't 20 I wish it was, but he gave me a $2 bill. And on it, there was a stamp, um, something like Oak something. And he just said, I just believe that God is saying to me that you are an oak in the kingdom of God. But little did he know, little did he know that for the better part of my life, I have been collecting $2 bills. I have an entire drawer at home full of $2 bills. Now notice it wasn't five, it wasn't 10, it wasn't 20, it was a $2 bill. And in that moment, there was a tender but dramatic moment where I heard God say, I see you. I see you. Not as the pastor, not with a title, not with degrees. I see you as the kid at 12 years old, gave me your life at 12 years old. And I want you to know, strip away the titles, strip away the names, and strip away the degrees, and I want you to know that Marvin, I see you. And I want everybody in the room to know that God sees you. But again, if you, are, you and I are not paying attention to the opportunities for God to be seen 
we will miss those moments. And that moment is seared in my heart as the God. He's the God, like he saw Hagar in the wilderness after Abraham sent her away. God was named um, the God who sees at that moment. And in that moment, I felt like Hagar in the wilderness and God seeing me. So God, there are opportunities to see God's activity in the flow of our day all around us. So here's the definition of the examine, and then I'm going to give you the framework how you can begin to recognize God in the activity of your day. So it is a framework for recognizing God's activity in the flow of our day. It is reviewing our day in the presence of God. It is reviewing our day in the presence of God. Now, we live in such a fast-paced world. So, Marvin, you're asking me again to slow down and think, and I'm saying, yes, your spiritual life depends on it. So there's this sense where all a spiritual discipline is, all a spiritual habit is, it is, it is, it is an activity that makes room and creates space for God. So when you read your Bible, you're just creating space for God. That's really what you're doing. When you pray, you're creating space for God. So, so that is not just something I check off the list. It is about creating space so that God can actually be um, seen and found. So one writer calls it rummaging for God. Like when you go, when you're at home and you rummage through the drawer because you're looking for something, that's the same way it is. You rummage through your day looking for the activity of God in your life. My son, just my oldest son just went thrifting. And I think this, this is kind of like, this is something that, um, that's, that's kind of new in our world right now. He came home with like, like 20 things and he only paid like $15 for it. And some of the stuff was new. And so he went and said, Dad, I'm going thrifting. And, um, and it's kind of cool that they're able to find those kinds of... So, so I think the same thing it is thrifting for God. Going out, trying to find something good and new in your life in terms of what God is doing, all right? So again, we talked about the expectancy principle earlier today. The expectancy principle is, pretty, is, is clear. Do you expect God to show up and do something? If so, he will, and you will see it. If you don't expect him to do anything and to show up, it'll still happen. You just won't see it, and you won't recognize it. All right? So the expectancy principle is, is key here. So here's the framework. Let me give you the framework. And again, this is about equipping you. This is a tool. It's about equipping you. We don't want to hold it up as God or as an idol, but it's a tool to create space in your life for God. Here's a, so preparation is all about finding a comfortable spot in your house or someplace, you know, whether it's your basement or whether it's your bedroom or someplace just to a place where you can reflect on your day, a place where you can be dis, uh, not distracted so you won't be distracted. It's, we have a bonus room in our house, and so we have little um, kind of his and her coves where kind of facing the window. I have a chair there, 
and there I go and I sit and, um, and I just prepare my heart. This doesn't have to take long. It can take 10 minutes. It can take 15 minutes. It literally is a review of your day. So, but you want to get into a place where you're, where you're comfortable. So preparation is key. Here's the second one. Acknowledging God's presence. And what I mean by that is, is that you just simply are recognizing and acknowledging that God is with me. He is not way, way off into another place, that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time, just like he is in Ohio, he's in Michigan. And so there you say, God, I'm acknowledging that you are present with me. And there are verses to back that up. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, not distracted, not moving around, not on my phone, not uh, distracted by all of the technology. Leave that and say, I am going to be still before the presence of God because God is going to show me something. All right? So be still and know that I am God. And then here's another verse, Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And so as you prepare and acknowledge God's presence and you are in his presence, it's okay to be real with God. You don't have to fake it. God knows. He knows us better than anybody. So acknowledge God's presence. It's really key. And then here's a third move of the day. We're going to get to the bread and butter in a few minutes, but this is kind of a kind of getting our hearts ready to receive from God. And so give thanks to God for my day. In other words, I tell people all the time, and they kind of look at me kind of strangely, is, um, is that, that, that this is a bonus day. That we could have died yesterday, and today is a bonus day. I think I mentioned it. We're playing with house money. Playing with house money. Not that I'm a gambler or anything. I'm just saying. Y'all know what house money is. You don't have anything to lose. Like, like, like God has given you and I more, than the, more days than we deserve. If I wake up and I feel entitled, I should have woke up today, that is such a darkness in our heart. But every day we wake up and we open our eyes, it is a gift from God. It's a gift from the hand of God. So we're playing with house money. It's a bonus day, all right? So pray without ceasing. Give thanks to all. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So it is the will of God for us to thank him for another 24. All right, so that's the, that's, that's the third part of the framework. The fourth part of the framework is ask God for his perspective on my day. Because if I look at my day through my eyes, I will say almost every time, this day sucked. Do I have like two or three amens right there, right? Like, so, so we will, if we look at it through our eyes, we say, I had a bad day. Or this was a horrible day. Now, that's not dismissing that some really interesting 
and at adverse things happen. It's not dismissing that. It is just that, that God is about redeeming. God redeems. Joseph is placed in a pit, and God redeems him. You remember what he says? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so some of the adverse things and adversity and suffering and pain we experience in the course of a day, yes, it's, it's not like something we would have wanted in our day, but we have a God who specializes in redeeming the moments. All right? So ask God for his perspective. God, give me your eyes on my day. All right? So here's the bread and butter. Here's the bread and butter um, of this particular exercise and, um, and discipline or habit. So now you are at the place of reviewing your day. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So what we're practicing now, or what we're about to practice, and what you're going to practice when you go home, is a, is a practice of discernment to see where God showed up, all right? So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So now... Here's the bread and butter. So here are questions you can ask in reviewing your day. Now, you don't have to do all of them. I would just simply take one set of these questions and review your day with one set of questions. And then maybe the next day, take another set of questions. Then another day, take another set. Or maybe just for the next seven days, I am going to use one set of questions to review my day. All right? So here's the, here's the first one. For what moment today am I most grateful? And you're just reviewing your day. So I want you, I want you to look at your, your day as picture frames or movie frames. Starting off with the very beginning of your day when you woke up, is there something this morning that I am most grateful? Maybe I woke up and my, my, my boo, okay, for us, y'all know what that is? Y'all don't know what that is? My boo, my, your wife, your honey, okay, I, I wish I had a younger crowd. I wish I had a younger crowd. My boo is, is, um, is, is, is your, your wife or your, your, your honey. That's what it is. I woke up and, and he had breakfast made for me. Or she woke up and there was coffee ready to go. And that's just, man, I remember that. And that was a little thing. And I am grateful for that. Here's another recent one for me. Is when we had, when we had COVID, um, my, my wife makes some really, just really, really good spaghetti. Just really, she does three meats. She does Italian sausage, ground turkey, and, um, and meatballs. So she put three meats, like, like, hit me up later and I'll tell you how she do it. So it's so good. So the day I lost my taste and smell is the day she made spaghetti. Thank you for that, all right? And I tried to eat it, and I could not taste it. Couldn't taste it. 
And you're talking about somebody who was upset. So about three weeks later, I overheard her talking to my daughter. And Michaela said, Mom, why are you making spaghetti again? You just made it not too long ago. And she said, you remember about three weeks ago, I made spaghetti and dad couldn't taste it. So I'm making it for him again now that he can taste it. And, and I, that was like, like I heard it and I didn't hear it. But when I got into the presence of God and began reviewing my day, I heard that conversation and I immediately thanked God for my wife at that moment. And then I came back and I told her about my exam. And I said, I just want to let you know that I'm grateful to God for you. Because when I could not taste the spaghetti, when you made the spaghetti, I couldn't taste it. And you thought you loved me enough to make it again, especially for me, so that I could taste it. Like, I was like, like, like a brother was like, was so, like, I was like, man, that was, I was feel, yeah, I was swole, that's right. (laughs) I just like, that was, but, but again, had I not reviewed my day, it would have just, it would have gone out of my mind. So for what moment today am I most grateful? And then for what moments am I least grateful? And it's okay to be honest in the presence of God that I'm not, I'm not grateful for, uh, and, and again, it's not you being ungrateful. It's just that, man, I, I'm just, I, I didn't like that moment and I'm just least grateful for that moment today. All right, here's the second question. When did I give and receive the most love today? And when did I give and receive the least love today? And again, this is about reviewing your day. And I don't want you to suppress it, even if it's an ugly moment in your day and you were part of making it ugly, it's okay. Remember, this is a no condemnation zone. This is a no judgment zone. We have a father who loves us and who invites us back in, all right? So, and again, we all lose our cool. We all lose our temper. We all say things that we don't mean. And, and, and again, we say things that we wish we could take back. And like, man, I did not give love today. I had an opportunity, but I didn't give it. And God, I'm sorry, all right? So what, uh, what was the most life-giving part of my day? And what was the most life-draining part of my day? Again, because you're in the presence of God, you're able to say, no, God, I saw you. I saw you show up even when something was most life-draining, something was life-giving. I, sen- I sensed you in that moment. I saw you in that moment. So those are the uh, three sets of questions. Here's another set of questions. Again, you don't have to do, I, I wouldn't recommend doing them all at the same time. I would say do one set of questions at a time. When today did I have the deepest sense of connection with God, others, and myself? And when today did I have the least sense of connection to God, others, and myself? All right? And then the next question, where was I aware of living out of the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, patience, and so forth. Was I, was I, 
Like when I was driving to work, when I was driving to work and, and typically I am impatient, but today because I was present and I was present with God, present with myself and recognizing that God is at work in my life, you know what? I slowed down. I didn't give them the bird. I didn't cuss them out in my mind. I just, I, I slowed down and said, you know something? I am going to, I am going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to get upset. And said, man, that was the spirit of God at work creating patience in me. All right? And then the corollary question to that or antithesis of that, where was there an absence of the fruit of the spirit? And then finally, when or where in the past 24 hours did I cooperate most fully with God's activity in my life? And when or where in the past 24 hours did I resist his activity? So those are the questions. Those are the questions. So that's the bread and butter of the examine. And then to close the time out, again, this could be a 10 to 15 minute um, uh, time period. Close the time out is look forward to the day to come. And that is, uh, again, here's the verse. How, uh, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, equip you with everything good that you may do as will. Now, looking forward to the day to come is, God, I'm going to need your strength in this meeting that I'm going into tomorrow. Or, God, I have to have a crucial conversation with one of my employees or one of my coworkers, and it's going to be tough, and I need you to show up in that meeting. So closing that time, looking forward to the day to come and recognizing that God is going to show up in our, uh, in our lives in, uh, in the course of that day. So that's, that's, um, that's the framework. That's just that simple. And here is one of, here's one of my most recent uh, examines. And this is, um, I, didn't do, I didn't do the whole thing, but I did, uh, when, uh, when uh, did you give and receive the most love today? And uh, when did you give and receive the least love today? And this is from my, from my journal uh, that, I, that I wrote in. Uh, I, I gave the most love when I cooked for the family today. And I received the most love today when David, he's the chairman of our elders, presented me with an a, um, authentic uh, Harold Baines White Sox jersey. For, for 10 years of service at Trinity, and he gave me a literal, a authentic Harold Baines jersey. And, um, and I'm saying, man, I, like, I received that love. I received that love a lot. And so, um, and then I felt and gave, and, and this is still in that same vein, I felt and gave love when I talked to Noel. Noel is, Noel is a good friend of mine who is in uh, New Jersey, and he's, uh, um, he's really going through a tough time at his church. And I just wanted to be a listening ear to him, just wanted to, um, um, to, yeah, to listen and to offer any advice that I might, uh, that I might have. And um, so I, I felt like I, I was able, to, I had something to give, and I gave it away to him. And then another one was when I felt, I felt like I gave love uh, to Ashton, um, uh, when we talked about him 
meeting Mr. Bailey. Mr. Bailey is his girlfriend's father. And uh, so he got, a, he got a brand new boo. And, um, and so he's trying to figure out the right time to talk to the dad. And so um, as a dad, he doesn't have a dad in his life. So I just said, okay, here are some things that I would do if I were you. And he just appreciated it. He just simply appreciated someone being able to listen and offer advice. And then uh, I gave the least amount of love today when I got a little jealous of, um, of someone who, um, who preached, and he did such a good job. I, I wanted him to do good, but I didn't want him to do that good. And then, like I had a tinge of jealousy, and that's not good for the heart. That's not good for the soul. I should have been celebrating that, but in, 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 a, in a, just a little smidgen, I got like a little jealous and envious, and that's, that, that ruins the body of Jesus. And so, um, so anyway, that was, a, that was a least amount, the least amount of love. And then what was the most life-giving part of your day, and what was the most life-draining part of your day? The most life-giving part of my day uh, well, again, was cooking for my family, and when they were when they ate, and they was like, "Dad, this is really good." Um, and my wife, I, I'm so so. Typically, I don't cook. My wife wishes I cooked more. And the fact that I cooked on this day, it actually gave me life. It gave me life because it gave them life. And my wife was like, she came home, didn't have to cook, and she said, "This food tastes really good. It tastes so good, especially because I didn't have to cook it." And so. Um, and then I felt like I, um, I felt like my conversation with Marvin Jr. about his message was life-giving, and then uh, the least life-giving part of my day um, was, was that day was not showering and shaving. All right, so I'm just I was I was at home didn't uh, didn't go out of the didn't go out of the house, but that was the least least life-giving part of my day. So that's an example of the examine at work. And uh, you can use a journal. Uh, you can um, not use a journal. Uh, the key is slow down. Recognize the activity of God. So if someone walked in your life tomorrow, 24 hours from now, you can say, I spied God right here. I spied God when we had a conversation, when I had a conversation with my husband or my wife, I spied God when I took a walk around the property and I just got a sense of peace, a peace like I've never had before. And then jot that down because in difficult times, we'll need to remember that God was working, he's always been working, and he will continue to work. But we have to recognize we have to recognize his presence. And the examine is a way to do that. All right, let me pray for us. And that's my time. So God, we recognize you are active. You're working. You want to be found. And I pray for your people that they would spy you out in, um, in the course of their day. Pray that we would engage you and engage 
these questions. This new, this is a new rhythm. This is a new practice for some. Never heard of it before. This is a new practice for them. And I pray that you would give them, man, so much space and you would give them so much grace. Even when they first do it, I pray, God, that they would have just a boatload of, of your activity throughout the course of their day. I pray we would wake up, we would go to bed, uh, we would go to bed and wake up hoping and looking for you uh, to work. So thank you again for your, your grace over our lives. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for this, my family. We pray that you would uh, bless us for the rest of this time. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.